This is a public service announcement from the Urban Renewal Center in Norfolk. Unleashing the power of your generosity includes doing your part in four key areas. Time, talents, gifts, service. There is still a great opportunity to do all of these with our Nest Winter Shelter Partnership. Though many slots have been covered, we still need your help. The City of Norfolk and the Department of Health have allowed us to increase our capacity from 25 guests to 40, which is great news, and all the more the reason to boost our manpower. If you're in the 757 and able, consider one of the slots available on our sign-up page. If you're absolutely not able, but have other means of support, we still need clothes, desserts, bottles of water, donations, etc. If you're able, simply respond by going to www.thurcnorfolk.com forward slash nest dash 2020 or email thurcserves at gmail.com. Thank you for continuing to do your part. Awaken Society, thurc. decent practice yeah that was that was wonderful so good so good that's what i'm talking about you know i feel like we need to you know liven up uh the 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 holiday season and uh in order to nope nope still got nothing ladies and gentlemen welcome to the latest and greatest episode of eye to eye short for inspired to inspire the podcast that is all about being open and honest and real and having conversations about life and faith and as always, you know that we are willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to, unless we're talking about last week for Thanksgiving, because everybody <laughs> went everywhere. <laughs> Everyone was boldly going wherever they wanted. Yes, Bruh, bruh. you know, and and uh, the 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 best part about this is there's there's a touch of hypocrisy um, in this for me anyway, because you know we went out of town. However. Uh, we we quarantined ourselves inside of our our timeshare and didn't go nowhere. Didn't do nothing. Let me tell you, it was probably like the best time sitting and watching TV. Like my my phone was lock stock in the room. Good on you. And I'm I'm sitting in the middle of our our our, our very huge uh, living room, just watching TV, listening to it go off. And like, yeah, I'll get that later. <laughs> Yeah, Thanksgiving's always been that holiday where I feel like I just kind of shut down for four days. It's kind of like, you know, that was the holiday you always kind of look forward to as a kid because you really didn't get any time off from the summer until Thanksgiving. And then like Thanksgiving came and suddenly you got like this four magical days where you got to watch a little football, eat some food, just like not really do anything. It was kind of great. And I feel like I still feel that way a little bit even though the not doing anything is not necessarily true. Uh, when <laughs> I have children in the house, I have to do stuff, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know what that feels like. So I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I'm really not sorry, but yeah, I'm sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when, when, it, when it comes down to it, I guess I should be. I'm still not. But uh, at the same time, though, I guess it, it wouldn't matter, though, because you might have had to deal with that, but... Uh, Thanksgiving ended up being a touch more costly for me um, than I would like to admit. Uh, one of the things that we did was we took food with us. Okay. And if you you know me, uh, the macaroni and cheese had to be on the the agenda 
but my mother was not cooking it for me. So you you only got a few alternatives. And one of them is uh, the macaroni and cheese from Bobo's off of Shore Drive. Yeah. And literally, I, I made no other trips last week than except to go to Bobo's <laughs> <laughs> to get this. Uh, but I, I happened to be on, uh, what was it, Northampton and ended up running, uh, not running through a red light, but oh, no. hitting a red light just in enough time for those photo enforcement joints to pop through. And I knew I got it the second I saw a flash. <laughs> I was like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so that macaroni and cheese, technically, I think the macaroni and cheese itself, we got like two quarts, cost me 13 Ooh. Uh, yeah, now you can, you can add $50 to that. Only so 50 60, Yeah, $63 mac and cheese, man. But it was worth every single bite. So. It was only $50 for running a red light? No, yeah, the photo enforcement joints, they only charge 50 Oh, okay. Well, I had like a, a rolling stop at a red light for a right turn. I think it was 50 but that was like, that was a rolling stop at a right. Like maybe I, I figured if you're like <laughs> driving 72 miles an hour through the intersection, maybe it's a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't drive. It was 72. It was more like maybe 51. I mean, to be fair, Northampton, though, it's like the speed limit is 55. <laughs> God, yeah. Unless you caught in that traffic trying to get onto the highway, bro. But yeah, that's no good. Anyway, yeah, we, 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 I don't know what we're talking about right now. Anyway, my, my, my name is Jordan, by the way. <laughs> my name is Devin. We like traffic patterns here at Eye to Eye. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like we're the delicious dish on like Saturday Night Live right now. Like, you know, this is amazing, this traffic pattern. So, uh, so very, yeah, still I got nothing, but you, you get the point. Uh, anyway, yeah, we, we, we got a good night tonight, guys. We're, we're looking to have a conversation about something that apparently most folks are not paying attention to, even though it's right in front of our faces. Uh, it rhymes with COVID. <laughs> Jordan, I think the problem is, is that there's something that's not right in front of many people's faces, I think is the problem. I guess so. But what, I mean, what would you expect, though? I would expect people to just be a grown up and wear a mask. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about like that. Like, like would would COVID have to would it have to be like a sludge or something? I mean, um, I guess what COVID would have to do is like maybe impact your phone's ability to connect to the internet. Ooh, like what if you're okay? So what if you contracted COVID, and <laughs> if you get it on your fingers and you touch your phone, then your phone gets sick, and now your phone's working slow. Now, suddenly, what if your battery life reduces Bruh. down to like 20%? Like, could you imagine? Then people would be like, wait a second. I got to take this seriously. I'm going to be wearing gloves. I'm going to be distancing. Like, we need to think about what is it exactly? <laughs> Where's that line where people are like, wait a second. This is way too important. My own health. And I mean, of course, my neighbor's health. Who cares about that? But my own health, eh. But you start to affect my Wi-Fi and my battery life. Eh, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna take some precautions. <laughs> oh, that's so messy. <laughs> I mean, we already had that conversation. You know, that's what we spent all summer on. It was hashtag Don't Kill Gam Gam, and people <laughs> yeah. were just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. Anyway, that's just good. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But yeah, we we wanted to go ahead and get started with some very interesting petty eddies, and it it, it was actually a toss up <laughs> between. Uh, a couple of different things. So we'll we'll give an honorary Petty Eddie to a restaurant in Texas uh, that decided that the $2,000 tip that one of the servers received, they were not able to give them. Um, and we, we don't need to specify why. That's just, just whack. Uh, <laughs> but it, it didn't hold a candle in comparison to the other one that we were able to find. And, and, and Devin, why don't you go ahead and talk about yours? Let's, we'll start there. The one that I had seen, the mayor of Denver, so Mayor Michael Hancock, had urged residents to stay home and meet family online for Thanksgiving to help curtail the spread of the coronavirus. He had tweeted, pass the potatoes, not COVID. Nice. (laughs) Host virtual gatherings instead of in-person dinners. Avoid travel if you can. And according to the Washington Post, less than an hour later... (laughs) He, his wife, and daughter boarded a plane to fly to Mississippi for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, so, Michael Hancock, you are part 1A of this week's Petty Eddie. Oh my gosh, man. Like, it's so amazing. You live such a public life. Why would you? Anyway, yeah, so that, that's part 1A. Yeah. Part 1B, 
yo, this, like, if I ever seen something, like, actually take the cake, this is one of the things you see in, like, the stupid movies, like, the dumb okay. movies. You know, not, like, slapstick, like, the ones that just kind of make your IQ drop. Right. So, uh, Austin, Texas mayor, Steve Adler, told his Austin residents in a Facebook video last month that they need to stay home. Okay. It's good advice. Pause for effect. At the time, he was vacationing in Cabo. <laughs> so, okay. So he, he did this video encouraging residents to stay home, but the video was on location. <laughs> Bruh. Okay. Like this, this is amazing. Like, I'm imagining, like, what was his background? Like, was it a Zoom? What, what, what was that? What's happening? Oh, that's... You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it was just like his office. It's magical. You didn't see the special glow <laughs> that everybody on Zoom gets when they have like that background set up. Right. Right. <laughs> Where like their hair disappears and then comes back and disappears. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This this was amazing, man. Like, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I get it. They're not the most public folk with the exception of, like their, their own people in their cities. That's fine. You're a mayor. That's cool. I'd rather you just not say anything. Right. Because now, not, uh, I don't even know, bro. How about... You know, if you're an elected official and you are supposed to be living that public servant life, maybe if you are telling people not to do something, you simply hold yourself to the same standard. I mean, maybe. No? No. Oh, okay. No. Sorry. I mean, it is only better when it is doubled. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, twice the standard, it, it, it makes a stronger standard, right? Yeah, I mean, there's something about that in Corinthians something, right? Like, double your pleasure, double your fun, go to Cabo. <laughs> something to that effect, right? Isn't that... I forget the verse exactly, Bruh. but that, was, that wasn't that was verbatim. I was paraphrasing. Uh, oh, gosh. Anyway, yeah, so Mayor Adler, Mayor, whatever your name is from Colorado. Hancock, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all earned some real good petty eddies, right? This is... I mean, you're 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 still definitely no um no whatever his name is. I don't even want to talk about him, Skip Bayless. Yeah. But you know, you're 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 still up, still there. up there. Good job. And we Good wonder job. why uh, was it you who sent the story to me? Uh, there's what 4.8 million positive uh, COVID in in November in the U.S. Oh, so here we here we go. You had the numbers. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Where is it at? I always know I can pull it up when I. When I find Sharice, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to Early and Sharice. Awesome and amazing people got their own podcast to be killing the game. Anyway, yeah, I I, I found something. Uh, NBC News. So I mean, you know, it's, it's about as public as public can be. Uh, they posted a thread on Twitter uh, that was talking about the the number of U.S. coronavirus cases by month in 2020. And so, let me just walk you through this right quick. I, I, I need y'all to see something. In March, when Everybody was doing what they were supposed to do. Uh, the coronavirus cases were at 1,000 or 186,200. Mm, okay. In April, 883,199. That's understandable. I mean, you figure we didn't shut down the country till like mid-March when it was starting to kind of arrive. So, exactly. Okay. You okay. know, and, and this is what we would have considered the surge as we were rolling into like the beginning of the summertime. Right. As you can see, May... 723,166. So we went down. Okay. So the people that said that the shutdown didn't do anything, it actually did. Yeah, probably the same people who said it was going to go away right after the election. Right, right. June, we went up a little bit. Uh, 845,736. Okay. But June was right around the time when certain states were starting to lax their rules. Okay. All right. So this is all trending. Yep. July, we have popped into the seven digits at 1,926,970. Okay. August, we actually went down 1,479,756. So we're still in the millions though. Well, that sunlight kills it, right? That's why you, if you inject the, the light into yourself. Chill out. Okay. Chill out. Chill. chill. Okay. Come on, man. No, I'm just trying to like follow <laughs> the narrative here to figure out why these numbers oh are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. So September, we go down again. Uh, still in the sevens though. 1,215,901. October. Yep. 
We went we went up. Okay. I'd say just a tad. Just a tad. Uh October one million nine hundred and forty thousand five hundred and twenty two. All right. And then we get to park in November, which finished a couple of days ago. It did. Um and it went up just a little bit more, just a little bit, to four million two hundred and fifty two thousand hmm. eight hundred and twenty two. Hmm. When I tell you the array of cuss words that flew out of my mouth when I saw that. Hmm. And I was just like, what? <laughs> All right. So if I'm if I'm gonna use the context that I've been using these prior months, so let me think. Um what's the what's the one state that's been hit the hardest? <laughs> Chesapeake. I mean um... <laughs> Yeah. Chesapeake, Florida. <laughs> Uh, I think it's uh, South Dakota, I believe. It's been hit pretty good per capita. Most recently, yeah. There wasn't there like a little uh, motorcycle deal there right around October. Probably caused some numbers to spike in November. Um, I'm also thinking there were probably some, uh, maybe some political rallies being held across the country. I mean, that might explain some of the spiking. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to pin it on any one group in particular. There you go. Nah. You know, let's, but let's I'm not. just trying to add some context. That's all I'm doing. This is innocently adding context. <laughs> Ain't nothing innocent. With you. <laughs> what Boy, are you talking out. about? I have the face of an angel, <laughs> especially when I wear my mask with the cherub on it. <laughs> especially on radio. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Especially then. Yeah, I, I really can't wrap my head around like the pride the moment in this and that's really all I can call it I don't, I don't care who who you are because everybody like I said to an extent I'm technically guilty even though we we did our best to shy away which was double interesting because in South Carolina I don't think that they still have the super strict mandate the way that they're supposed to uh, we did take a couple of trips and, and went inside of a Walmart to get some extra food and my wife and I just found ourselves like pressed up against certain objects and, and areas to stay away from people who didn't have their masks on. Right. Look, I'm acting not... like straight up Karens and Kenneths, bro. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was impressive and not in a good way. I mean that. Look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I did a little trip to Charlottesville two weeks ago, but we did it not on Thanksgiving before we knew there was going to be a lot of travel. Um, the places we visited were, you know, a couple of wineries and breweries that were, it was 100% outdoors. We didn't do anything indoors, um, wore our masks. You know, I think it's not that you have to shut down your life entirely. Nah. Like, I, you know, unless you're somebody who is is at risk, like I get, I un- totally understand that. But, you know, you, you do need to try to be sensible. And the problem with something like Thanksgiving is that people are probably traveling greater distances and then they're communing in rooms. <laughs> and, right. And that's a little bit different than <laughs> going to the grocery store where you're in there for 20 minutes, you're wearing a mask and you're you know, using hand sanitizer. It's a little different. I mean, I took a walk around the neighborhood uh, on you know, Friday, Saturday, because you, know, you just get out of the house and walk around the neighborhood. And the number of packed driveways of different houses around the neighborhood, I'm just like, wow. Okay, so yeah, people just, uh, they're not caring. They're just over it. And I can, a part of me can understand why, you know, you're just kind of fed up with the news and everything that's going on. But uh, this is is pretty much what we were being told, right? In the spring, they said that it'll likely start to dissipate some thanks to some mandates and some shutdown as well as warmer weather. But then come the fall and into the winter, we're going to start seeing spikes. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And so the people that were hoping we'd hear nothing about this after November 3rd, hate to tell you, uh, you're going to continue to hear about it. You had one candidate who didn't want to talk about it. So people talked about it. And one candidate who believed that this is actually a big deal and since that's the person that won, that means they're going to keep talking about it. Like it's not just going to go away. Like I don't know, man. And no, I'm I'm sorry. I I can't agree with you. These aren't. This isn't a spike. This is a freaking zenith. And my hope is that it doesn't do more than this. But if we're if we're having a real conversation, I, I feel like it can be beat again. 
And, you know, that's what I was saying. It's just like the, the pride of the moment is really what's getting me right now. I, I, I never thought in my life that I would see people know, and maybe even not for the sake of having this conversation about science, because people are leery and, yeah, there's 8 million conspiracy theories out there. I, I, I get that. You're watching people get it and you're watching people die. And yeah. you're still like, party time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's party. Like, I, I, I can't wrap my head around that. Like, for what it's worth, it, I'm, I'm in my household. I'm watching my wife be doubly concerned because her parents are here visiting. Yeah. And, you know, they're susceptible to it. You know, my people, they're, they're fairly healthy, but they're still kind of susceptible to it. My grandma lives with them. I want to go see them. I want to go hang out. But now I'm afraid because even just out in open spaces, I don't know if the people that I'm around feel like it's okay to just lamp with random people. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's so funny because we're, we're watching, what was it? Uh, I forget the dude's name, but there was somebody, for example, like on a Saturday Night Live that was supposed to perform. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But you see how they, they, they saw that, that video with him just hanging out, kissing random girls <laughs> at a club. And they're like, nah, Playboy, you ain't coming up here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wish folk would take it that seriously. Like, it's, it's their livelihood at stake. But we're not even talking about livelihood. We take it a step further. We're talking about life. Like, people's yeah. lives are at stake. And you really can't take two seconds. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's frustrating. It's beyond frustrating. Uh, to know that, you know, a part of your life, a part of the the control that you have over it has has been taken. But at the same time, though, let let, let mindset reflect that if we're really talking about the, the freedom of, of it all, because, you know, if, if I hear somebody talk about my rights one more time, I'm, I'm a scream. There is freedom in obedience to the process. When you set boundaries, you have more freedom. It's this whole thing again where folk ain't really reading the Bible. We have this situation now where, and I've said this before, in the book of Proverbs, there are at least six, six verses that make the same reference to the understanding of pride and what it does. You know, it, it goes before deception, haughtiness before fall. And I don't know if I've ever seen more deception in my entire life. Yeah. And I don't, Everything I've seen as big a fall as three million plus cases in a month compared to the previous month. Like that's just I can't wrap my head around this, man. And you know, I'm I'm trying to analyze it and I'm trying to be all philosophical and stuff. And at the same time, at the end of the day, I'm just like, damn. This is as simple as understanding this is potentially life and death. Yeah. And y'all can't be cool with that enough to be like, okay, I'm mad. This sucks, but we're going to get through this. And what's really been frustrating to me is that, you know, so many people that I know, they were decrying this whole, this is becoming politicized. It's being political. Uh, they said the same thing with the Black Lives Matter movement earlier in the year. It's being politicized. And what's frustrating to me is that, and I've brought this up before, the Black Lives Matter issue the COVID issue are human issues. They're not political issues. The reason why they became political was because our current and soon to be former president handled both of those things horrendously. And so when those are key sticking points and things that can really stand out and be glaring issues for him when it comes to getting reelected, he's going to now play offense. So he's going to make them political issues because he knows he's not handling them well. That's the main reason these things became political. The fact is, is that if you look at the, the data, this is a complete outlier of a situation that has simply not been handled right. We're pretty much the worst country in the world when it comes to how we've handled it, yet we're supposed to be the country with the greatest healthcare, and we're supposed to be the country with the greatest minds, and yet we've completely botched this whole thing up because we've had leaders make this thing political. And, you know, Jordan, to your point, something that's been at the forefront of my mind is how detrimental COVID has been toward a lot of minority groups. And in looking at the numbers, you as a black American is about two times as likely to pass away from COVID as me as a white American. So right now, about 61 deaths per 100,000 for white Americans uh, versus one 
115 or so per 100,000 for black Americans. So it's almost double. Right. And yep. uh, so I can understand why it's even something that's just more on edge for you and yours because this thing is uh, uh, apparently, you know, COVID has some racial tendencies too. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it has red and blue tendencies, remember? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, I, what, what you're saying is actually kind of spot on. It's still, it impresses me. Uh, especially from the Christian standpoint, because you've seen the synapses and the fact that there's this huge chasm concerning uh, white Christians, not even necessarily evangelical and, and, and black Christians. And the fact that I am the exception and not the rule since I have been inside of a church establishment uh, in the middle of COVID. And I know many of my friends and pastors uh, who pastor vast majority of African-American churches who still have yet to open their doors. Yep. And their church is still thriving. I I really do think that this is one of those things where we have to really kind of wrap our heads around the experience of one as opposed to the other. And this is what shows me that our Christian America has had a huge lapse in the understanding of community. I don't care what you tell me about a church. I don't care what you tell me about a small group. If you are a believer, let the Bible show that we are supposed to have these key indicators of knowing what community is. One in particular is, is, is in Galatians 6. I was actually just reading this this morning, so it's, it's kind of funny how it's, it's spot on for the moment. But Galatians 6 and 2, where it says the following, share in each other's burdens. <laughs> and in this, listen to this now, because, you know, we've, 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 we've had enough conversations about how People have taken so much of the Bible out of context, especially in the past few months, sharing each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. And then for for petty sake, because our Bible is petty and it's beautiful. uh, Verse three, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. (laughs) That's in our Bible. Love it. (laughs) And then in, in, in Hebrews 13, it talks about how we're, we're supposed to, especially dealing with the injustices of, of our nation, you know, there's a passage in there that basically says that we need to, to feel the pain in our bodies as, as, as those who are beaten feel the pain in theirs. You, you can't tell me that we are not way off track mm. when it comes to ad- addressing some of these matters. And, and so if, if I'm sitting here, no, we don't need to make COVID a race issue specifically. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say that we need to take about two or three seconds and revisit this and say that there are a lot of Christian individuals and for what it's worth, yes, white Christian individuals who are pining so bad to open up their doors so that they could praise and so that they could worship. Not really, not realizing also that praise and worship has nothing to do with with, with, with the songs that you sang, um, you know, and that there was a pastor out there somewhere in America who just had to get this message out about 2020 vision. Sorry, it was, it was there. Uh, and, you know, just all of these things that they just had to, had to do. And if we're being real, having the realest conversation, there's the whole bottom line piece. And bottom line, by, by, by saying bottom line, I'm, I'm not being figurative. I'm talking about what most people talk about concerning the bottom line. They were afraid that the money was going to run dry. Yeah. And so they had to get them doors open. And yes, to, to be honest with you, okay, there's no counterfactual argument. There is an understanding that some doors of some churches will not open ever again because of 2020. I'm, I have no problem being fair and making that statement. But I'll also say, let it reflect then that there was probably some type of process there was probably some type of polity. There's probably some type of something in their setup um, that it probably run its course. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, you know, the church, capital C church will be around until the day Christ Jesus returns. Lowercase C church, different conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to take all the time up, but, you know, this, this I think is, is my parking point. Where in in the conversation of churches that are closed and churches that are open, 
uh, are we going to draw the line on the understanding of the faith of the moment? Because I've seen both sides. Some people think that faith is opening the doors and not being afraid of COVID and not even to the point of deception, legitimately thinking that. That's fine. Other people think faith is trusting God, serving your community, even though the your church's doors are closed. And remember that the church is not a building. The church is people. Community in the building, yeah, that that helps sometimes. But that's not, and you know, I, I realize I can get in a lot of trouble because I got a lot of friends who think that without that building, things don't happen. Right. I'm glad to tell you today that's <laughs> definitely not the case. Well, without people, that building doesn't happen. And that's where I think people start to miss the point. And it can become very easy to build something on people that then becomes a building and over time the priorities start to shift because you're trying to care for and keep this building open or <laughs> you know up to up to code whatever you want to call it and then you slowly start to maybe you shift some principles or shift some priorities because the focus is now on the financial side versus, you know, the people side. And again, listen, Jordan and I are both attenders of a, a quote unquote mega church. If you are going to define it a certain way, um, I'm very much pro that platform as long as it's within the lines of the leadership of Christ and what the Bible would want us to do. And I also believe that there are impacts in the community that a larger church with a financial abundance can do to impact the community for the good of Christ and what he's called us to do. But the moment that that shifts and the prioritizing changes from worrying about the people that you're trying to pastor or the people in your flock or the people in your community that's where you start to miss the mark. If you're opening your doors because you're worried about finances or you are tailoring your messages on Sunday because you're worried about losing people, that's where you end up catching a problem. And a huge problem at that. And I was just thinking about um, favorite pastors that I kind of desire to emulate uh, a little bit is uh, Saddleback's pastor, Rick Warren. And it's definitely not because of his preaching ability. Nah, not at all. Um, but I'm reminded of what happened back in 08 uh, during the housing crisis and the fact that we we have to remember exactly who he is in the grand scheme of really popular, quote unquote, celebrity pastors, because he's he's not the one noted for, for being, quote unquote, hot or, or anything like that. <laughs> No, he's noted for purpose-driven life. Yes, super cool kid. Yeah. No, no skinny jeans. At least I don't think he has skinny jeans. <laughs> Let's not hope sure. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, God bless you, Rick. God bless you. Um, but no, the, the 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 reason why I bring him up specifically is because I desire to really emulate the process of two particular people, him and the other one is TD. And again, it's not because they. I mean, we all know about TD and preaching. Lord have mercy, glory to God. Uh, but no, it, it's more so because they are two people who have really effectively implemented what we call bivocational ministry in their lives. And by definition, that just means that they're holding down two jobs. <laughs> One of them just happens to be ministry. You know, um, now, of course, they're not job jobs. Uh, you know, they're not working in a school or something. Um, I know a lot of pastors who will work as like a, a hospital or a hospice chaplain. You know what I'm saying? And then they'll still pastor their church or something like that. Obviously, Rick is writing books. TD is doing every dot going thing. And that is how they make their money. So much so uh, that TD will tout from the stage, which you will not hear many pastors do, uh, that he does not take a paycheck from the church. Uh, subsequently, Rick Warren took paychecks from the church. Uh, but when the Purpose Driven Life hit and he started getting those checks, he gave every single ounce of his salary back to his church. So now let's let's use application because I'm still talking about the housing crisis of 08. Saddleback got hit really, really bad during that time. And what ha happened was uh, <laughs> Rick kind of put out, hey, don't, don't laugh at me, dog. Uh, Rick put this, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a plea or whatever. You know, he put it out uh, to, I guess it was really just America. And he was basically saying, look, um, a lot of my people lost jobs. Uh, you know, so, so such and such is happening in our church. We're struggling. 
Uh, we could really use some assistance. And I think he asked for a specific number. It was in the six digits, which I mean at their church is, is, is a big deal. Because of the authenticity of his ministry and the fact that people knew what he did, if I'm correct, I haven't seen it in forever. They received uh, generous donations that entered into, I think, like the 1.2 million category. And it's because people knew that he could be trusted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, I love that because that's what I kind of desire to do. I never want to take a paycheck from anybody's church, per se. Um, or if I do, I always want to make sure that maybe one day I can give it back. Now, you know, I ain't perfect. I don't know exactly how this works out for me then. <laughs> but, right. you know, it's it's good to know that there are examples like that out there. Um, and people need to see that. And I mean, you know, I'm not knocking any pastors who do take paychecks from churches. I'm just saying the design and the desire of my life is to always make sure that I'm contributing in every single way, shape, form, or fashion. And that I'm not taking away anything from it in the process. This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds, dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks. That's G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S, Janique Locks. Or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. Process. So, well, it just becomes, uh, you know, it's the discussion of conflicts of interest in, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being compensated for a job as a pastor. It is a job. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's always going to be a potential for conflict of interest if you know that a decision that maybe God's calling you to do or that's a biblical foundation to go ahead and lead your church in a certain way that could affect the bottom line, there's an immediate conflict of interest. It's going to be very difficult to overcome. So yeah, I mean, look, if every single pastor in America was financially independent, uh, we'd probably see a very radically different uh, Sunday gospel, right? <laughs> um, but my God, my God, <laughs> right? My God, we we really would. Uh, but the fact is, is that that's not you know that's pie in the sky. That that's not real world. Um, but it is something that can just over time, if you are not careful and you are not self aware and understanding where those pitfalls might lie, you could end up in some serious trouble. And you know, Rick Warren's an interesting one you bring up because. He is very much a a pastor in the spotlight. He's a mega pastor. He wrote, you know, obviously Purpose Driven Life, which is a massive, massive success. And well, like 55 different purpose driven lives. Yeah. Like a, I mean, of course. Soups for every freaking type of soul out yeah, there. It, it became like the NCIS of uh, the, the biblical, <laughs> <laughs> biblical bookstore. Nice. Um, but what's interesting about him is that he was chosen by Obama to do the inauguration prayer. And that just kind of goes to show that even though there was some, you know, some uproar about his stances on uh, abortion and uh, gay rights and things like that, um, he was still the guy that Obama chose knowing that they had a difference of opinion because he had handled himself well in those situations. And he was someone who was willing to have those conversations and kind of bridge the gap. It wasn't, let me, you know, just, (laughs) <laughs> spout all this this moral persecution um you know at, at my country and uh yeah yeah so it, you know he's a good example and of course you know the bishop i mean shoot <laughs> he's probably the best example we have but you know right not me you know i i i don't know i think all of this is just me saying i love seeing quality jesus on people on a macro level right you know um, because that's what we're really looking at when it comes down to it. No, no man is ever going to be perfect. No, uh, but you can really tell sometimes when somebody is walking with God. And yeah. That's the 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 best and the easiest way to put that. And so, you know, for what is worth, with all these different conversations that people have been having and the back and forth, and you know, we talk so many times about the fruit of the spirit and and 
you know, that's Galatians 5, 22, 23. But a lot of what we're seeing is all of the things you can list in Galatians 5, 19 or 17 through 19 or something like that. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things now for me where, you know, we're, we're already unapologetic about the stuff that we talk about on the show. And I, it's so funny because when I explain this to people, I always tell people like, trust me, if you've ever listened to it, chances are you've been offended. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. It doesn't matter what yeah. what party. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what your preferences are, think, whatever the case may be. We, we've made you mad, but I appreciate you for sticking around and listening. Um, but for me, I just, I, I'm realizing that if nothing else with this season, and really by that, what I mean, just, just everything that's kind of transpired in 2020, 2020. Uh, has taught me is that if we don't really have a sense of urgency about the why behind the what and what we're doing, then we are very quickly setting ourselves up. And I mean, this could be individually as a person uh, or corporately as as an organization, as a church, as a as a company, as a as a podcast team, whatever. We are setting ourselves up for an L. And not just that, but nowadays I'm, I'm noticing that these are some pretty massive L's that I don't, I don't know if everybody can come back from. Um, and so, you know, I, and, and we're still going to take some L's, but we're going to take cultural L's and, you know, everybody's talking about cancel culture. And I just, um, I'm realizing that there's a new theology that we need to, to promote on this show. And this is going to sound about as uh, heretical as, as, as they come. Ooh, good. But you're going to enjoy it also when I say it. <laughs> We need to promote Dave Chappelle theology. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because at the end of the day, this is what we understand about Dave. He canceled himself. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> forget, can- forget cancel culture. You know what I'm saying? But in the process, this is what I also know. He is your favorite comedian's favorite comedian. Yeah. And there ain't nobody I know who doesn't not respect him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and his stances and what he talks about and the fact that, you know, especially as recent, a lot of his material. And I mean, you know, we we, we, we can say this for what it's worth. Um, like when he came out with eight minutes and 46 seconds or 846. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was not really a comic routine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, by by any means. But I bet you everybody was still glued to and and listened to to everything he was saying and doing. Um, and then of course you know the the biggest piece that is is still fresh in a lot of people's minds, and it's because it seared a lot of folks. Um, is the skit that he did at the beginning of Saturday Night Live? I had a chance to watch that. <laughs> It reminds me of the understanding of the court jester, you know, like always speaking all the truth yeah. that you probably don't want to hear, but there's some entertainment attached to it. And if the entertainment is good, then you, you're, you're, you're willing to peer enough and continue to listen to it. You know, the, the Dave Chappelle theology joined is kind of capped in this, you know, there are some hard truths. You know, we were talking about it last time. Like, for example, half the the nation is going to have to detox from a fake faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, so stuff like that. There's some hard truths that we're all going to have to face. But we have to just not be concerned about what uh, other people think. Not to the point of being jackasses, because I know <laughs> that that's out there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But really to the point where it's the same thing Jesus did. You know, Jesus was... He was one who who dealt specifically with loving the fringes and taking the cool kids and and, and putting their heads in the toilet. And that's that's that's, that's, that's pretty much what he did the entire time. <laughs> did they have plumbing? Did they? <laughs> you know, actually, no, they did, bro. The, the okay. see, come on, man, hermeneutics. You, you got to know backstory. You got you got to know culture. You got they, they had irrigation systems, and yeah, they actually in some cases they had some toilet. Well, no, I mean, I know that, but when when I'm picturing like the the kid getting is uh, getting a swirly like they didn't quite they didn't quite have that like is what i mean like, okay yeah it just had to be yeah, done that, a little that, differently fair. so no, that, that's fair that's no fair. i i do like this uh dave Chappelle theology what's interesting is it's kind of what we were just talking about like he removes the conflict of interest because he does not care if he says something that will offend someone and if it ends up costing him something now there's a big difference between not caring if that happens and being careless because mm-hmm, there are a lot right. of people who might have the independence to do that and yet they become careless and or reckless and do things that 
now no one's actually interested in hearing what you have to say. He has this unique ability of, you know, this devil may care attitude while caring very much how what he says will impact people. And I think that that's really the, the tension that Christian leaders need to have. They need to have that willingness to be bold in what they're saying. And, you know, I love Timothy because in that letter, it talks about being bold, right? And being bold is different than, I think there's some interpretations that talk about being fearless. I don't think fear and bold are really synonymous. So sometimes, you know, that gets, it gets interpreted a little differently, but I think boldness uh, is very much about the willingness to do something, the willingness to take a risk. Um, and you, you'd see that with somebody like Chappelle. And I think we need to see that among Christians where you need to be willing to take the risk to speak the truth. And I know for us, you know, we talk a lot about having conflict of interest. And I just, I look forward to the day where this show is not financially supporting me and my family uh, so that I, I no longer fear what I say on here, you know, but the amount of money that we're making off of this right now, uh, I really have to be careful. I got to watch myself every week. <laughs> <laughs> Making it killing, literally. <laughs> Just, I don't I'm define killing. Yeah. $3, if that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I feel you, bro. I feel, I feel you wholeheartedly. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, uh, and call it prophecy or whatever, the vision and the explanation that I, that I was given a while back was that I'm to be what they call a confrontational peacemaker or a peacekeeper. Yeah. And it, no matter what, I have peace with that because it's attached to the word peace. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, this is what I know. If I didn't bring peace to my home, if I didn't bring peace to my friends, if I didn't bring peace to my situation, if I didn't bring peace to whatever the case may be, um, then I didn't do my job. And, you know, confrontation, so many people shy away from confrontation. They fear confrontation. I was talking about class last night and, you know, we're talking about humility and, you know, uh, modern day culture's definition of humility and, and how it looks more so like being a walking doormat. And, <laughs> right. you know, it was funny because one of the first things I did, I just, I kind of laughed at him. I was like, <laughs> I want, I want somebody to treat me like a doormat. I really do. You know, but, but, but the main reason is because if we look at Jesus, he's supposed to embody everything that we that we are to represent. You know, it's all WWJD. And of course, that means that everything that comes with the fruit, the fruit of the spirit and, and humility. I mean, the man, he, he he was royalty off the jump. Yeah. You know, cattle on a thousand hills. You, you own that. That's that's a lot of good stake right there. Mm. You know, that's that's money enough in itself. But, you know, he 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 bankrupts his process. And is willing to come down here, put on human flesh, which is whack, and subjects him to all the nonsense we go through. And then, you know, Philippians chapter two dies a criminal's death on a cross. He had to do all that. I mean, he did, obviously, it was part of the plan, but still, you know. <laughs> don't deviate <laughs> you know, he, from the plan. Yeah. Exactly. Don't deviate from the plan. Uh, but but you know, in, in in all of this, you know, we 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 take away this this one fact though. Ain't nobody walk on him. Ain't nobody walk over him. No. Ain't nobody walk through him. You know, and the only reason that he 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 died on a cross was because he gave himself over right. to be killed on that cross. Like I'm I'm remembering all the times in John where people go to attack him and I don't, I don't know how he did it, but he just kind of weaved through people and kept him moving. <laughs> right, like, okay. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's that's my dude, man. Jesus was savage, man. He was a G. And so, you know, I think the encouragement in this for, for everybody is when you have a call and a purpose and you know that you're supposed to be out here doing something to make a difference because that's the only reason you have a call or you have a purpose you need to take that and be as bold as Devin was just saying with that as you can and not be afraid of what anybody has to say because I'm sorry, if if I'm if I succumb to cancel culture in our society, then I think I've done the best job that I can do. No, you don't want to be an outcast from 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 culture in general because because you're just saying outlandish stuff. No, we've, we've right. had that conversation. You don't, don't want to be, be careless. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 be whack. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Um, you know, but at the same time though, 
understand that, you know, this is the, this is the representation of the Bible itself anyway. Love is complicated. <laughs> and we are out here and our call is to love God and love people. And we can't do that under the guidelines and the representation of our culture where uh, love is, is a selfish love. And it's a love where if it doesn't fit right, that we can keep it moving. And that's what's happening. You know, that's that's why the divorce rate is is, is sky high. That's why uh, people stay in these echo chambers with other people who have uh, like-mindedness <laughs> like them. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is why all of that dumb stuff happens. The minute that we, we, we carry this other understanding, then it makes us virtually bulletproof to the fact that when we step outside and we say something that we know somebody else isn't going to like, it's not going to hinder us from being able to complete our process. Right. Well, it's also how you approach that. Like you mentioned humility a minute ago, and I think it's something that's so misunderstood by people nowadays. Humility is looked at, like you said, like a weakness almost. Humility is absolutely comes from a place of strength. And when you think about Christ, no one would ever say that he wasn't humble. Mm. But at the same time, even Satan knew that he could call on a thousand angels to come down and fight the battle. Christ knew that he had a black belt, but also knew that he never (laughs) had to use it, right? You are walking in the ultimate confidence that you are more powerful than anybody else around you, yet you're humble enough to understand that you will never use the power. Like that's where that tension needs to lie. And that ultimately proves that this is all from a place of strength and confidence, not from a a place of weakness or meekness or, you know, humility is definitely a a strength. Which is why you don't have to have a gun to have faith. That's true. You don't have to have, you don't have to have a gun, but you do, well, in some cases, unless you just go to the store like I do, you do have to have a gun to shoot a turkey. And that's going to lead me into my white folk wonder. Oh, oh okay? my God. What just happened? Yep, I just flipped the script. Here we go. All right. So here's my white, white folk wonder. You brought up earlier that you went to Bobo's and got yourself some mac and cheese. Yes, it is, is the Lord's will. You're yeah. correct. So I am wondering, so we had uh, some very close friends over for Thanksgiving. Again, these are people within our normal circle. This was not, you know, we talked about not traveling and whatnot. These are people that we interact with on a regular basis. So we're, we're COVID free. Don't worry. But they brought over their dishes and some things that they are accustomed to eating. And then we had the stuff that we know that we're accustomed to eating. Everyone has their, their differences in what is on their spread for Thanksgiving. So Jordan is a white man. What is on the black man's spread for Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as as you say this, because I had a funny feeling that was probably where you were going. I want to take you <laughs> to the book of Facebook. Okay. Uh, chapter Antoine Lamont is a good friend of mine. It's, it's kind of funny, but it's but it's kind of true. He he put the following. Obviously not true for all white or black people. Also, just to note, I didn't know this white folk wonder was coming. So trust me, this no. is how fresh in my mind this Sprung one post it on is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is not for this is not true of all white or black people, but I laughed. This will probably be a list from the late nineties anyway, or whatever. So what he does is he goes down the list of the following. Uh number one is white people's Thanksgiving dinner. Now, this is how detailed and significant this is. It even lists <laughs> the time oh, okay. that the dinner takes place. Oh, interesting. So yeah, white people's Thanksgiving dinner it, it starts at eleven AM and ends at two PM. Oh okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, not like it says, not all white people. Okay, but it, but it's a lot of them. I, I I've been to one actually, so I'm, I'm not there. Um, but you know, you have your traditional turkey, um, probably oven roasted, not not fried or not brined, and and covered with bacon like mine is. Uh, stuffing, yeah, gravy, yeah, cranberry sauce with the cranberries in it. You know, mm. um, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes. Uh, green bean casserole, because you have to have some kind of casserole. Uh, rolls, uh, a congealed salad, which I'm weak at, by the way. <laughs> salad. Uh, <laughs> uh, pumpkin pie. <laughs> I, <have> no, <laughs> I mean, is that is that not something that, that black people like? You don't like the pumpkin pie? 
I love pumpkin pie, actually. Oh, okay. But yeah, you know, not always. We we do more so sweet potato. I don't know if you've seen Patty LaBelle, but she's uh, infamous for two things, high notes and Patty's pies. Okay. Um, And then, for, I don't know why, but they put sangria up here. Sangria. <laughs> no, I had uh, some Chardonnay and uh, followed by some, uh, well, it was Zinfandel. You can typically go with a nice Pinot Gris or Pinot Noir oh, with, uh, my gosh. Dude, with turkey. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and lemon tea. Okay, very cool. Black people's Thanksgiving dinner. Got to put that. Got to put that tea <laughs> in there. Okay. Okay. Um, start time. The answer is all damn day. Okay. And 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 this is legit because I've I've watched my mom get up at three thirty in the morning and, and get to work on on some Thanksgiving stuff. Um, so this is what you got, bro. You got smoked turkey, fried turkey. Fried chicken, <laughs> catfish, wow, roast beef, Ooh. chitlins, homemade mac and cheese, ham, <laughs> honey baked ham. Oh my god, this is so much ham. meat. <laughs> Ribs. This is like going to an Arby's, <laughs> bro. So much uh, meat. Dressing with turkey baked in it, <laughs> giblet gravy with eggs. And some mo in it. The word mo, M-O. Yes. Uh, jellied cranberry sauce. So true. And it's so good. I don't care what you say. I mean, I can do both, but, you know, jelly cranberry sauce. I don't sauce. do it at all, but my wife wants it straight out of the can. Mm. Yep. 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 It goes so hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. See, you, you married a good one, man. Oh, I did. Um, okay. So, we, we, we finished that. Okay. Now I got to speed up the process. Are, are yeah, there any carbs at all? I mean, you had mac and cheese, but. Wait, hold I mean, on, hold on, bro. Here okay. We go, here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, turnip greens, collard greens, mustard greens, mixed greens. Good Lord. <laughs> boiled okra, fried okra, cabbage, green beans. Remember I said mac and cheese before? Baked mac and cheese, which is the best <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Black-eyed peas, broccoli rice casserole, sweet potato casserole, candied yams, carrot souffle, potato salad, tuna salad, toss salad. Pasta salad, spaghetti, lasagna, shrimp, crab legs, fettuccine alfredo, gumbo, deviled eggs, rotel cheese dip, cornbread, hot water cornbread, rolls, butter rolls. What I told you about pie? Sweet potato pie. And then, oh, this is great. Underneath it, all of the sold out Patty LaBelle pies. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, you, man. but there's like, that's like 17 tables. Dude, we're not done yet. Pecan pie, egg pie, chest pie, chocolate pie, peach cobbler, punch bowl cake, which is a real thing and it's great, by the way. Uh, banana pudding, lemon cake, pound cake, red velvet cake. Shouts out to Gail Hamilton makes the best red velvet cake in America ever. Cheesecake, German chocolate cake, caramel cake, yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Wait a second. Carrot cake, like, socket to me cake. <laughs> No, that's, that's too much. There's no way this is, none of this is true. This is so much embellishment. Um, you, th- brother, you just listed 11 cakes. You you see, this is why we, we've never had our official Thanksgiving together. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let you make that statement. And then when we finally get to, to really break some, some real bread on one of these days. and Or 11 a, kinds of turkey. <laughs> bro, I need you to look at this. I'm no, tell you right well. Now. That's that's how much we're not done yet. That's great, but I also feel like this is basically Bubba explaining to Forrest the different ways to make shrimp. Like that's fine. That I realize there's a lot of different ways to make shrimp, but you don't make all of them on one day. No, you do. But how? It's not even physically possible. You'd need plutonium and a DeLorean, like to even have enough time. I'm just saying. Man. I'm just saying. <laughs> this doesn't I've, even I've sound it. feasible. And if your source is Facebook, that's not going to hold with me. You know that. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, most things, yeah, but this right here, this this can be trusted. When, this, this that's can be trusted. too many. You can't even make that many cakes. How on, man. I how even, do you have even get to the, enough the hamburger ovens helper yet to do this? Come on, you got to have the hamburger helper and the broccoli and cheese casserole. Come on, we there's still so much. Oh, the broccoli cheese casserole is not too bad. My mom used to make a chicken cheese whiz casserole, which as a kid I didn't like, but I actually kind of like now. I also do think green bean casserole, as long as you put enough of those fried onions on top, is pretty good. See, and that's where we got to shut this down because you said cheese whiz. Like, that's actually a thing that should be eaten. 
Um, oh come on! The cheese was nah, the cheese was nah. is the only way to eat a Philly cheesesteak. You get it with the whiz. It's amazing. Oh my gosh! Nah, man, I'm I'm a provolone kid for life. I'm sorry, I can't do some. I don't mind it that way too. But when I when I went up there, I got Jamie and I got one of each. We went to Gino's and we went across the street. What's the other one? Gino's is the one I remember because I think that's where I got the cheese whiz. It, it, it doesn't even matter because the bottom line is both of them are playing the heck out of everybody who goes up there. Well, yeah, so I went as a tourist, but we got one with the provolone and we got one with the cheese whiz and that cheese whiz was delightful. <sighs> yeah, we're going to shut it down here. Actually, you know, the bottom line isn't this though because I know you just asked the question. Uh, a lot of that stuff we most certainly do eat. Yeah, this might be a tad hyperbolic. A little bit. But it ain't by that much. Listen, you had me in that middle section when you started talking about lasagna and fettuccine and crab legs. And like, that sounds to me like I do. I think turkey is the absolute worst of all the meats. <laughs> turkey is the absolute worst. And listen, I've had all kinds. Okay. I have had smoked. I have had fried. I have had oven roasted. Oven roasted is absolutely the worst. Fried oh is okay, but it's still overrated. Um, you know, it's no, also it's extremely you, dangerous. It's overrated oh when you compare it to... Listen, I would eat fried chicken all day over fried turkey. There's a reason why we eat turkey one day a year. Because it's not good. <laughs> it's not... If turkey were good, you'd eat turkey all damn time. That's just how it would work. Okay? <laughs> Period. All right? Okay. That, that's, yeah. that's fair. Fine. Fine. It works. It works. <sighs> yep. Yeah, I think that's going to be the, the place where we need to shut this down anyway. So. Are you a stuffing fan though? You like the stuffing? Oh, bro. I love, love stuffing. Love. Actually, you know what you need to have, though? Mm. This is why you need to come over to the crib during a real Thanksgiving. Um, my father-in-law makes a, a potato stuffing. Okay. Which is an island. I don't know if it's real oh. island or if it's just something he found, but my guy. And it uh, it goes in so many different directions, man. I remember the first time I had it, I was just like, no, we're, we're eating this every year. Is he seasoning um, it up with the Jamaican me crazy? No, nah, no, nah, it's not even like that. <laughs> it's not even like that. As a matter of fact, you, sometimes he puts raisins in it, and believe it or not, that Ooh, just okay. I know that sounds uh, like a, a a Karen move, like on Black Jeopardy with with the with the potato salad, but it's it's not. It's really not. It's actually really really good. Okay. Um, pretty much everything my father in law makes is really really good. So there's no question in that right there. Uh, but yeah, man, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see the I'll next time. It. And, and whenever we have Thanksgiving, we're just not going to have it at your house. No, I mean, you, you can. You're just not going to have 11 different kinds of cake. Exactly. <laughs> and you're probably That's not going to get gonna crab legs, even though I love the idea. Yeah, love the not idea. to say that Jamie can't cook. I'm certain that she can. No, she absolutely can. But yeah, but yeah, yeah that, I would say that the, the white person's Thanksgiving that you listed is about 80%. Yeah. 80% hit, hit the nail on the head. Not by, it's, it's spot on, right down to the same group. <laughs> Listen, I've probably had about 40-ish white, Thanksgivings in my life. So I know a thing or two about them. And 80%, that's pretty good. I will say the times I've never done the 11 o'clock, we definitely start grazing about that time. Start eating the food. Um, Jamie makes a nice uh, artichoke dip that's just delightful. I eat a lot of okay. that. No, you're good. Um, you, you had me at there's, artichoke There's dip. all kinds of dips and you're eating the veggie trays and all that stuff around 11. And we didn't start eating, I think, until about four o'clock or so. That's about standard for me. At least in my experience, it's usually like that kind of late afternoon. So, and then it, yeah, then it's pretty much just, you're eating all day. You're eating, you're drinking, you're watching football. That's how it works. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, with, with black folk, I know our average dinner time, it, it ain't going to be until about 830, no way. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, yeah. So just just be ready. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're making eleven cakes and twelve different kinds of turkey, there's no way you even mm. have room in the kitchen to make all that. So you you probably are eating at eight thirty on Black Friday because you need forty eight hours to cook everything you just listed. I don't think you understand Black Girl Magic, bro. And that's what we're gonna set down. Uh, anyway, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for for listening to us rant about. I mean, well, I can talk about food all day, and we needed to talk about this coronavirus stuff because. Some of these suckers don't listen. Nope. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you once again for, for listening to that. And thank you for tuning in. Uh, please don't forget to check us out. Um, subscribe, share, download, all that stuff, all the algorithm love, please, because uh, it just helps out. And of course, as always, please don't forget to be inspired to inspire because that is what the inspired one does. Again, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. 
and we will holler at you next time. Uh, so until then, please wash your hands. Wear your masks. No, no, no. Listen, wash your hands. But also wear your mask. Well, maybe we don't. Maybe we just haven't said, you know, um, uh, socially distanced yourself. Maybe we need to add that too. Right? Okay. True. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But, so yeah, social distance as well. Yes. Be a really good idea. Yeah. 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 For sure. And we'll catch you next time. Anyway, yeah. Y'all be be safe and wash your hands and wear your mask. Social distance. Again. <laughs> All right. Shut it down. <laughs> well, I'll let you later. Peace. inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does.